do you get when you take NASCAR, a gambling obsession, a couple of beers, a complete unfiltered nut job, and a microphone? The Slide Job Podcast. The Slide Job Podcast. Slide Job! We love NASCAR and we love gambling when we win. Get weekly recaps, news, and analysis, and a hand job. Well, it ought to be there. Let's have some fun. This is the Slide Job Podcast. And this is your host, Nikki Powers. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Slide Job Podcast. I'm Nikki Powers, your host here every week, breaking down the race that was, the race that is coming up. And giving my best picks and predictions to make you a little money. Like I said, this is a pick'em show, so there is a bit of a gambling element to the show. If you have a gambling problem, the show's probably not for you. So I recommend maybe you change to something else, get some help, anything like that. These picks are just for entertainment purposes. I'm not guaranteeing any success. In fact, I'm probably guaranteeing absolute tragedy. But this is something I'm very passionate in and I hope to do as an entertainment purpose thing. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Also, I have My Brain on Sports with my co-host, Dustin Halupa. Be sure to check that out every week. We drop a bunch of episodes. It's a really good time. Uh, Dustin's schedule's been pretty crazy this last few weeks. So last episode was just me. This coming episode is going to be me and a couple of other co-hosts, possibly still kind of ironing everything out there. But definitely check those out as well, and I appreciate the support nonetheless. Also, hit us up on our socials at SlideJobPod and at My Brain on Sports with a Z. The S was taken unfortunate but yeah like i said nascar news gambling all right here and better health 400 at atlanta this weekend in hampton georgia but let's talk about daytona friday friday we got everything in as planned got some cup practice in got the uh, truck series race in which was an absolute farce it was an absolute disaster cars crashing left and right no one could draft it was the worst display of quote-unquote talent I have ever seen in a race as far as like the big three NASCAR tier events it was pathetic it was absolutely pathetic I think I would have had a better opportunity of winning that race had I been blindfolded and driving backwards than some of these other drivers that were out there it was sad I don't even know where to begin they just could not figure it out you would think after several pileups drivers would be like hey Maybe we need to chill out. Let's get some laps in. Let's get this thing to the end and, and, and fight for a win at Daytona. Nope, nope. I don't think it occurred to any of them that it was a 100-lap race. 100 laps, and we had 12 cautions. So that's almost a half the race that they're just parading around a, a pace car. It was, it was just an absolute joke. And then, of course, uh, the ARCA race got pushed to Friday because of the weather. They didn't want the ARCA guys hanging around till Monday. You know, they're very limited on, on their budget. ARCA's its own series, but it's a stock car series that kind of opens up at Daytona along with the NASCAR Big Three. It's part of Speed Weeks typically. And uh, ARCA was not much better, but that's typical for ARCA. They, they, there's a lot of rough talent in ARCA. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen's in it, who was uh, the guy that won the Chicago Street Course. He got wrecked out early. Uh, there's another couple. Uh, Marco Andretti was in. He, I, he did okay for a while, but I think he got wrecked out. I can't remember. I was half paying attention to the race by that point. 
the truck race literally gave me a headache and I just like it hurt to look at the TV. So uh, Nick Sanchez ended up winning the Daytona race in uh, in the truck series. So congrats to him, I guess. Uh, he survived the melee and got there. But I think Ben Rhodes had a shot at the end. Of course, there was, you know, a restart kind of late. Again, nothing really memorable about that race as far as anything good. It was pretty ugly throughout. Like, like I said, 12 cautions, 100 lap race. What are we doing? There was zero patience by anybody. It was a tragedy, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to move on to better things. And those better things were Sunday got rained out, which sucks. Saturday got rained out, which sucks. But then we move on to Monday where good racing happened. Now, typically, the Xfinity Series goes before Daytona or the Daytona 500 for NASCAR Cup Series. But it rained Monday morning when the Xfinity Series was supposed to go. So they got the track dried off, but it pushed everything. So they decided to just go ahead and go on with the Daytona 500 at that scheduled 4 o'clock time on Monday like they had planned. We kicked off the second race of the three major NASCAR series with the Daytona 500. Excellent race. Put the truck race to shame, really. Excellent race. There was only, I mean, you had the stage breaks, which one day I'll, I'll get in a rant about stages and how I feel about that, but... We had the stage breaks. We had an early caution, I think, five or seven laps in with uh, Harrison Burton, Carson Hosevar, Jimmy Johnson, Austin Dillon. I think those are the four guys that got taken out. Relatively small melee. Other than that, clean green racing. And there was people passing, strategies, uh, you know, fuel saving, teams working together, teams getting mad at each other. Ryan Blaney was pissed off at some of his Ford teammates because they left him out to dry. A lot of emotion. Uh, Kyle Busch was an absolute show by himself. Kyle Busch started in the rear, I believe, and then he had a pit road penalty, and then he had a loose wheel, and all three times worked his way up to the front. Just a man on a mission, leading laps, passing cars. He had to have passed the most cars uh, on Monday easily. Easily had to have been the number one driver as far as how many quality passes he had in the race because, like I said, he got sent to the back like three different times. And every time he was up front. Now, unfortunately, he got kind of screwed on on strategy. He 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 had a very questionable call at the end. He went on pit road. Typically, when you go down pit road, you want to go with like a group of cars because it's it's a drafting track. Typically, you want to go with a pack of cars so you can draft outside of when you get out of the pits and get up to speed. When he pit, it was just him, Hamlin, and like two other drivers. Like it, it wasn't a lot of drivers. So. He got kind of shuffled in the back, and then the, the melee on, in lap 193 happened. Uh, at one point, he hit the wall, and, and I think that may have affected him a little bit, but he, he was kind of not a factor after that last that final pit stop. There was quite the crash at lap 193, though, and it was coming, and I can't be upset with you know the one big one. There's always a big wreck at these type of races because the laps are winding down, the vice is getting tighter, there's more take, less give. That, and that's what you saw. You saw these aggressive bumps. You saw this aggressive three-wide racing. The Daytona 500's on the line. Laps laps are winding down. There's seven to go for the biggest trophy in stock car racing. So naturally, the big one hits. Took a lot of excellent drivers out. Um, I know it took like Brad Kozlowski out, for for example, who was one of my plays. Uh, I believe Denny got into that a little bit. I mean, just a ton of good drivers. Chase Elliott somehow survived. I don't know how, but he was literally in the heart of that crash like the seas parted and he got through it. So as a Chase Elliott fan, whew, I was stressed over that. I was so stressed. I was like, is he okay? I don't know. He kind of bumped into this car. Is the left side of his car okay? Like I was like hyper analyzing this car during the red flag because they had to red flag the race to get the track cleaned up because it's so few laps. And I was just kind of like, how did he make it through it? Like I didn't believe it. 
with my luck at Daytona and the drivers that I root for, like I expected him to just be completely totaled and he, he made it through. So I was like, okay, maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is, uh, you know, our chance to finally win one. And he got up front near the end, uh, in those final remaining laps. But unfortunately he got shuffled back. He was kind of indecisive in what line to take and into draft and it cost him. It sucks, but we're, you know, 2025, we'll try it again. We'll try it again and try to get us a Daytona 500 victory. But there is one driver who was victorious, and that is William Byron. William Byron won the race. Bit of a controversial finish. I don't think it's, I don't think it's as big of a deal as a lot of people are making it out to be. So what happened is they took the final lap as the crash happened. So, like, they're taking the white flag, being notified, hey, this is your final lap, and a crash is happening at the same time. As soon as the white flag's waved, they, they wave the yellow under NASCAR rules if the white flag is out. The next flag ends the race, whether it be yellow or, or whatever. The next flag ends the race. William Byron made it back around to the start-finish line, you know, under caution speed, won the race. And people are upset with that because some think that they could have made it around the track and actually raced each other to get to the line for the win. I disagree. Cindric got taken out in that move on that final wreck, and he was kind of drifting up the track, so he had potential to hit more cars um, there's no guarantee that those cars would have got out of the way by the time they were coming back around. So I think NASCAR made the right safe call by calling the race right there. And I can see why people are upset because that is a judgment call as to when that caution came out because Alex Bowman, his teammate, was making a run to pass him as the caution came out. Had the flagman or, or who the officials maybe waited a couple more seconds and then hit the caution, like if they went down the backstretch, we could have had an entire different winner. So it's almost like NASCAR selected who was going to win that race. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think they were sitting there watching who's leading. I think just when they knew the caution needed to come out, they just they just waved it. And then they looked back and saw, okay, who was leading at the time of the caution, which it was William Byron. So William Byron is your race winner, the number 24 Hendrick Chevrolet Camaro. Back in victory lane at Daytona. It was really cool to see a, you know, a number 24 in victory lane at, at Daytona. I, I wasn't even a Jeff Gordon fan, but just as a fan of NASCAR, there's something iconic about seeing, you know, like, the number three or the 41 or the three, the 43, the 21, 24, 48, those numbers winning races still. I don't know. I just, I think it's cool, especially when it's at Daytona, you know, like I don't like Austin Dillon at all, but when he won his Daytona 500 in 2018, still kind of cool because it's, you know, it's the three at Daytona, one of the, you know, the most revered numbers in racing at one of the biggest stock car races in the world, especially, and then it was like literally what, 20 years to the day that Dale had won it. So that was really cool. Seeing the 24 car in victory lane kind of set some nostalgia feels. I liked it. I thought the race was excellent. I have no issue with how it finished. I know a lot of people are very upset about it. I am not one of them. I think it was the right call. I think it was the right judgment. And I think we got the right winner. I think Byron deserved that win. And, And Byron's a hell of a race car driver. He started off sim racing. Literally, that's how he started his career, playing video games, sim racing, and is now a Daytona 500 champion and almost won a championship last season. Excellent race. Nothing but positives there. Two thumbs up. Now, following the Daytona 500 is when the Xfinity race went underway. And it's funny because, you know, you saw the Daytona 500 winner, winner and the team, William Byron, Team Hendrick, all that, still celebrating in victory lane. But then, like, there's another race going on. That's just a weird look because I'm watching the Xfinity race. But you could see in victory lane them still celebrating. Typically, Daytona 500 is like that's the finale for speed weeks and there's nothing else going on. So. Squeezed in that Xfinity race. I will say with it being Monday and it was at night, I was, you know, getting stuff ready for work in the morning and things like that. So I wasn't as in tune to the Xfinity race, but pretty solid race. Very good finish at the end. 
Austin Hill has now won three Xfinity Daytona February races in a row. He was your winner again. That's insane to think about. Three times in a row now. I should have put some money on him. I usually do like tweet out my truck and Xfinity bets, but I actually didn't bet on either series. And thank God I didn't in trucks because that would have just been, I might as well just took my money and threw it out the window because there was no type of strategy into picking that disaster of a race. But Austin Hill would have been a guy I probably would have threw some bones at because, as you can now see, he is one hell of a super speedway racer racing in those packs, like three Daytonas in a row. Highly impressive. Shout out to Richard Childress Racing and Austin Hill for winning the Xfinity race down at Daytona. All right, so let's do a recap of the picks over in Daytona. We had Bubba Wallace, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, and Brad Keselowski as my fast five, or the five drivers I think have a shot to win the race. Unfortunately, none of them won. Kyle Busch looked the best out of them all for the most part. And, man, I thought I was going to hit big on that one because, like I said, he was a man on a mission. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be, so I did not get my outright play. Did not get a fast five driver into victory lane for you guys. I was sitting pretty, though, at one point. Before lap 193, all those guys I just listed were right up there near the front. I was on the right track, just on the wrong train. The five best props, I only got one of those right out of the five. Chevy to win at plus 170. The group bet between Cindric, Larson, Bell, and Wallace. I had Wallace out of the four. And, of course, Christopher Bell finished two spots ahead of Wallace. That's unfortunate. Chastain versus Reddick. Reddick was involved in the lap 193 incident. Chastain was involved in an incident later on, but he was able to finish the race. Chastain finished ahead of Reddick, unfortunately. Brad Kay is our top forward. He was involved in the lap 193 accident. And then the group bet between Truex, Chastain, Stenhouse, and Eric Jones. Truex also was taken out in that lap 193 incident. That wreck alone took out like half my board. Brutal. That is super speedway racing at its finest. It's a brutal, brutal outcome. But that's that's part of it, man. Super speedway racing is a freaking nightmare to to bet on. So with that being said, our record for the year outright winners, I'm 0-1, fast five. 0 and 1, and my best five props for the race, I'm 1 and 4. Not pretty, but we can rebound. We got another super speedway we got to get through. I'm hoping for better results. I'm not expecting excellent results, but I think we can get some W's, you know, get some get some W's and, and get some money and, and, and roll positive here out of Atlanta if we just play it smart. And with that, that wraps up everything at Daytona, and now we look into Atlanta. You're listening to the Slide Job Podcast. Now, back to your host, Nikki Powers. So let's talk about Atlanta. Atlanta is a one and a half mile super speedway. Race is very similar to Daytona, but just picture it being a mile shorter. So it's not a very big track. It's a standard issue size track, one and a half miles. 400 miles is the race, 260 laps. Second race of the season, again, another super speedway, which I find interesting. Brutal to gamble on, tight packs, a lot of accidents can happen. I know these owners are just stressed the hell out to get through these two super speedways. But then after that, we're out of the super speedway realm for a little while until we get to Talladega later in the spring. It was newly renovated into the super speedway. It was just a regular D-shaped one-and-a-half-mile track, similar to Texas or Charlotte, but with the asphalt being so old, it literally was around since like 1997, this, this asphalt that they were racing on, and it started coming up and having issues. They had to repave it, and when they repaved it, they decided to alter it a little bit and make it more like a super speedway track. Personally, not a huge fan. I wish they would have kept it the older way. 
Um, I, I miss old Atlanta. I love the tire fall off. I like the the racing that it provided. One and a half mile, just normal speedways, are producing really good racing right now. But hey, super speedway racing is fun to watch. It is entertaining. It's an entertaining product. I just there's so much luck in it, you know, like you don't always get your best guy out there winning. And that's why like you want to pull your hair out when you gamble on these type of races, because sometimes it's just all luck. It's, I mean, you can, you can crunch the numbers and the data as much as you want and you can get an idea who's going to be up there, but you got to have luck just kind of break your way too. And, and these races are just heartbreakers. So looking forward to getting out of this section of the schedule and getting into Las Vegas where it's going to be like a normal one and a half mile track. You're going to have your typical cream of the crop up near the front, and it'll be a little more predictable. At least it'll be a little a little easier to start making picks and plays on. The Atlanta Motor Speedway started in 1960 with NASCAR. I'm actually going to check this race out here in September for the uh, playoffs with my boy B-Money, and I'm very excited about it. I'll probably do the podcast while at the – not like literally at the track, but I'll have my equipment with me, so that'll be exciting. I'll have Brian maybe co-host with us, introduce himself – he, he's he's my he's my closest racing homie. All these races I go to, I go with my buddy Brian, but he lives in Tennessee, so we're trying to figure a way to maybe get him on the show remotely. But right now, this is such a new setup that right now, it's just your yeah, boy. Really excited about that. So here's the scheduled events at Atlanta this weekend. Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, Truck Atlanta qualifying FS1. Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern on FS1. We got Xfinity qualifying. Saturday at 11.30, we got Cup qualifying at FS1. Saturday, 2 p.m. East, Truck Series Race at Atlanta, FS1. Saturday, 5 p.m. East, Xfinity Race, FS1. And then, of course, Sunday, we got the big show, the Ambetter 400 for the Cup Series at Atlanta, Fox, the mothership. Be sure to check it out. Weather's looking great. Friday, sunny, 63 degrees by 3 p.m., which is when everything kicks off. Saturday, windy, very, very, very windy, looking at about 20-mile-an-hour gusts and 58 degrees. And then Sunday looks perfect. Five-mile-an-hour wind, sunny, 60 degrees, no chance of rain as of right now. Finally, Mother Nature has given us a break. Thank God. So what are my thoughts going into this? Uh, I, you know, I'm glad, first off, that the weather's cooperating for, for a change. Uh, back-to-back super speedways, that's interesting. I've never seen that before in a schedule. So, again, I'm, I know these owners are ready to get this over with. I'm ready to get this over with as far as a fan of – you know, my driver and in gambling just because it's such a luck of the draw on these things. We'll see more passing like Daytona, I hope. You know, maybe Daytona was a really good preview of what to expect at Atlanta and see a lot of movers and shakers and strategy and things like that. I hope that's the case. Something that did stick out to me at Daytona was that Legacy Motor, Motor Club, which is ran by Jimmy Johnson, formerly Petty Motorsports, very prestigious team, been with NASCAR basically since the beginning, damn near. They had two of their three cars in the top ten, and the third car just being Jimmy Johnson, who got involved in that early wreck, and he's not a full-time driver anyways. He's not going to be in Atlanta. So curious to see if they can re, you know rebuild on that success because they had pretty much a dreadful year the last couple of years. And seeing both cars in the top 10 is a very promising look for Legacy Motor Club with John Hunter Nemechek and Eric Jones. So think about that as you're making your picks. Maybe throw, you know, a unit or, or, or half unit, quarter unit, whatever, however you bet. I don't unit shame around here. Throw some bones at one of those drivers possibly cashing in another top 10 this weekend. Corey LaJoy, sleeper, definitely like him. Finished fourth at Daytona, almost won Atlanta once before. Always up near the front in the mix. I, I think he's going to repeat that success and do very well here at Atlanta. Speaking of Corey LaJoy, we got our first regular season beef of the year. That's right, NASCAR beef. 
uh, Ty Gibbs and Joey Logano obviously had their little their little spat at the clash. But for the regular season, Corey LaJoy and Austin Sendrick were the uh, first ones to start beefing. And that was the wreck just as the white flag happened. LaJoy made some contact with Sendrick. Sendrick crashed. Sendrick got out of the car. I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the exact quotes in front of me. But basically it was like, hey, he, you know, he finished fourth. Good for him. Unfortunately, he did so in driving in a lane that there was no room for a car to fit in. So he took me out and finished fourth in the process, which is kind of crappy. Corey LaJoy basically responded and said, it's the end of the Daytona 500. I'm doing what I got to do to win. I'm not here to make friends. He is not my friend. I respect it. I'm kind of team Corey on this. I think I think Austin Sendrick's a bit of a, a Nepo driver. We got, that's, the, that's the thing that drives me nuts about NASCAR right now is there's a lot of Nepo drivers. We got uh, Chase Briscoe. Austin Sendrick, Ty Gibbs, Austin Dillon. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with using the advantages life gives you to get in your spots, but there's some of these guys that when I see them on the track, I'm like, how? How the hell are you able to keep a ride in this series? And then I remember, oh, you you got connections. That's why. Austin Sendrick's dad is like a big wig up at Penske. He's not losing that ride anytime soon. Chase Briscoe, same thing with Stuart Haas. Briscoe looks promising. He's had some he's had some success. He's got the one win. Made a deep playoff run two years ago. Or, God, it's been more than that now. He, he made that deep playoff run, I think, in 2021. God, time's flying by. But still, I mean, he's shown some promise. Austin Dillon's won some races. You know, I'm not too critical of him anymore. Ty Gibbs actually looks like he's got what it takes to win some races. But that's one thing that really annoys me is I see some of these really talented drivers out there that just don't get a shot because of the Nepo drivers. But that that that's for a whole other day, and, and maybe we'll get more into that later on in the season as as we progress. But just wanted to throw that out there that I think some of these guys are only there because of who they're related to or who they know. But once we get out of these super speedway races, we will be going to Vegas, one and a half mile speedway, pretty typical average track for the NASCAR schedule. That's really when the season will begin personally for me as far as like, you know, kind of knowing a little more about what to come and and what to expect in these races because super speedways are literally a crapshoot. So that being said, Let's talk some picks. All right, so for my fast five this week, I got Ryan Blaney plus 1,000, William Byron plus 1,200, Joey Logano plus 1,200, Martin Truex plus 1,600, and Ross Chastain plus 2,000. I think those five guys, one of those five guys, will probably win this race. Again, it's a super speedway. I can look pretty all the way up to three laps to go, and it all go to shit. That's just how these things go. But I do like those five drivers. So if you're trying to narrow it down and you're not sure, maybe look into one of those five. Me personally, outright winner and better 400, taking Ryan Blaney plus 1,000. He's come so close to winning, so close to winning at Atlanta. He's very competitive, really good at the restrictor plate tracks, won a ton of Talladega. He's been in the mix at Daytona. Daytona was brutal on him this year between the duels and then he got collected in the lap 193 crash and looked like he hurt his wrist. It, it was kind of scary. I thought, I thought he broke his wrist, but apparently he's fine. He said he was okay, but he's taken two big shots at Daytona. So I feel like he is due for some super speedway luck and with luck and talent usually comes wins. Give me Blaney plus 1000 outright winner for the Ambetter 400. Then here's my top bets for the weekend. Blaney versus Larson. Give me Blaney because I got him going outright, minus 112. Larson has actually been disastrous at super speedways for the most part. 
Had a promising run at the Daytona 500, but then was collected in the one, lap 193 melee. With that being said, I'm going to piggyback Ford to win at plus 180. I do like the Fords quite a bit here. Uh, Joey Logano's won here as well, which is which is Blaney's teammate. Joey Logano looked really good at Daytona. He led the most laps. So I really like Ford in this spot right here, especially if I'm going with Blaney. I can piggyback the two. So Ford to win at plus 180. I do have Byron in the top 10 at minus 185. William Byron just got off his Daytona 500 win, and he's won in Atlanta twice under this new configuration. He's the only driver with multiple wins with this configuration. Definitely give me Ryan Blaney. Top 10, being conservative, trying not to get too cute, minus 185. Same thing with Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch was a man on fire at Daytona. I think we see that same man again. I'm hoping the pit crew doesn't screw him over this time. His pit crew is a bit of an Achilles heel right now. Kyle Busch, top 10, minus 145 as well. Love that. Logano versus Kislowski. I'm going to take Logano here because of how strong he looked at Daytona and also that he's got a win here at Atlanta, so he knows what he's doing. He's usually up front. Logano over Kislowski, minus 115. So to recap, Fast Five, Blaney, Byron, Joey Logano, Ross Chastain, and Martin Truex, with my outright winner being Ryan Blaney. I have Blaney beating Larson at minus 112, Ford to win the race at plus 180, Byron in the top 10, minus 185, Kyle Busch top 10, minus 145, Logano versus Kozlowski, I got Logano, minus 115, shake and bake to the bank, baby. We're going to win us some money this week. I feel it in my bones. I feel it, I feel it, I feel it, kind of manifest it. Good vibes. Good vibes. And with that being said, we're going into the weekend. We're going to enjoy some racing in Atlanta, and then we're going to go into Las Vegas, baby. In Vegas, we're going to win some money. 1.5-mile track, pretty standard track. Very excited to get that, get that race going and get the season going. So be tuned for that. Thank you guys so much for the support. At Slide Job Pod, check us out. We will be back next week for our Las Vegas preview and our picks. Stay classy, you beautiful disasters. We will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Hand Job Podcast. Um, hey, big guy. <clears throat> it's the Slide Job Podcast. Oh, my bad. All right. <clears throat> You've been listening to the Slide Job Podcast. Slide Job! If it's NASCAR and gambling, we're all about it. We hope you had fun. We sure as hell did. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at SlideJobPod. Till next time, remember, if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, yeah, turn up the heat. Go on and get some, boys.